It's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab a drink and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girl's night, all wrapped up into one. Good morning, everyone. Hey, guys. We have a special guest today. Father. Hey, what's happening? (laughs) Thanks for having me on board. So we have Father Ken here. We're super excited. Um, Megan actually met him in Kentucky, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago now. And I've known Father for... Yeah. That long ago? In in July. And I've known Father for a while now. Um, Yeah. But before we dive into anything, we need to do heck yes, heck no. Megan, heck yes. Um, My heck yes will have already happened by the time this comes out, but I am so excited for my birthday plans this weekend. I'm normally a person that wants to go all out, but I have just decided that antiquing and my favorite local restaurant is all I want to do. And we're going to do it. And I've been thinking about it for two weeks. And I'm the most excited because antiquing isn't something you do with small children because then you break everything in the store and you have to buy it. And then you also can't antique on a timestamp. Like the point of antiquing is to just roam and not know what you need until you find it. And you can't do that when you know there's a nap time to get home to. So very excited to antique. <laughs> for two-ish hours and then go eat at my favorite local restaurant it's gonna be good I mean I've never I would never antique with small children so Uh, I tried wouldn't care when it was just Carrie and it wasn't bad but I wouldn't dare try now with two (laughs) you set yourself up for failure but (laughs) father Ken heck yes heck yes I am headed to yeah this is what already have happened so I am making a little trip this next week go see a couple friends. So I'm seeing a friend in Cincinnati, a priest friend, and then I'm going out to see a guy Vegas. So Sin City. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, what about you? Yeah. My heck yes. There's this TV show and I think they're still airing it, but it's called Catfish. And it's so, I mean, father's dying right now. It's just, <laughs> You know, Patrick and I have watched a few episodes in the past few days, and it's just, I forgot how good this TV show is, and also how, like, ratchet the TV show is at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. It's like, oh, man. And we take bets <laughs> on, like, if the person's real or not, um, and what they're going to look like. It's so great. So anyways, if anyone needs just some trash TV, Catfish. <laughs> throwing it out and this is this is a tv show basically if it's too good to be true it is yes yes it's essentially like someone has been talking to someone for two years on the internet but they've never met because their camera's broken on their computer (laughs) and so then they call in like you know these ghostbuster men catfish and they get down to the bottom of it and see who this this character really is you know it's great it's great but also i feel like i could i could run this tv show if anyone knows me personally they know how well i can stalk someone it's scary it's very scary (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah there we are Megan heck no um my heck no I know it literally will be what like September 4th when this comes out but people that hate on fall fanatics essentially people that hate on me um (laughs) you're a heck no just let us have our happiness we like fall and I'm pretty sure the people that are hating on the people that are like it's fall I can smell it in the air are drinking a pumpkin spice drink in secret I'm just saying no that you father no No, do you have thoughts no 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 yeah are you one of the haters are you one of the haters I am I am heck knowing the pumpkin (laughs) spice everything right heck because we live in the south yeah no because you walk outside and it's four thousand degrees still and like yeah, everyone else is not my fault. pumpkin I... spice whatever and like the rest of us are dying of heat exhaustion <laughs> and uh, i would no, live I'm in out. vermont no. if i could though that's my head so no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no 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 i'm out i would just like to say one of the only things i remember from my elementary school education is that the optumnal equinox is september 23rd and so that is the official date of fall so you are about a month early but i do it so that it's like my birthday decoration because my birthday september 2nd so i'm just like well september 1st here we are and then Starbucks decided at like August 26th to unleash their pumpkin. And I wait until the September 1st. Mm-hmm. Father's See, I'm, out. I'm just out. I'm just, I'm totally out. He's here. about I'm to done. walk I, out of this um, episode. I, I am the, I am on the, I'm on the. <laughs> okay. So what's your heck yes? Or what's your heck no, father? That? I'm heck knowing the pumpkin spice lattes. I'm heck knowing all oh of it. Oh my gosh. I'm offended. I'm at least it's not church teaching and it isn't like Advent or something or Lent and people can actually theologically argue that. Well, I'm sure you could theologically argue this too. Yeah, what's the theological argument for for celebrating fall too early? Well, well it just takes things out of context. And when you take something out of context, it's like lying. <laughs> so so father is gonna make a house call house called auburn so that you can go to confession <laughs> oh my gosh all right of course back yeah. to me you heck no heck no to cc my heck no <laughs> so saturday last saturday patrick and i were out out on the town in hiroshima and there's this irish pub that we like going to and it's like the only place that patrick can get guinness and so we go to this irish pub named molly malone's and we see this one couple that we know there just happened to be it's you know there's only so many white couples you see so um (laughs) you see this couple we know them and we order shots to their table (laughs) so we order picklebacks okay so pickleback is a shot of jameson and then a shot of pickle juice so it's like you take the shot of jameson then you immediately chase it with a shot of pickle juice there's nothing in me that's like "Mm, yes pickle juice it's so good (laughs) i'm sitting i'm struggling i am i'm having an interior conflict here this doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) oh okay well wait is jameson irish whiskey i have yes pregnant all my life i don't know sorry 
<laughs> yeah. So anyways, the heck no, the heck no is that we ran them out of pickle juice and like this, this Japanese man, we were like, we need pickle juice. And he's like, no more, <laughs> no more. <laughs> he cut you off. It's gone. No more. You're done. You're done. <laughs> but it was just, it was like a heck yes and a heck no at the same time. So we were having so much fun, but they just ran out of pickle juice. And so that was That's that. Great. So father, next time you're over picklebacks. Mm, mm. You know what? I'm going to take that to my spiritual director and we're going to pray about that. <laughs> what a classic answer. Cop out. Oh, yeah. Cop oh, yeah. 100% out. Catholic cop out. Catholic uh-huh. cop out. I have, to, I have to pray about that. In, in the next time I meet with my spiritual director, we're going to bring that up at the end of the conversation if there's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like when we if not, some... we're going to save it for the next mission. Yes, this is. The, I mean, you know, Father, this is the epitome of Catholic dating. Can you want to go? Every girl. I'm just so annoyed that no guys ask me out. Guy that asks you out, I think I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> Father just put a gun to That's so sad. Just so sad. I wouldn't. I, I'm like I would if I were a single man. I would just join the Fathers of Mercy. I would just go straight for celibacy and just like quit messing around and just. <laughs> Actually, single men, like, I don't understand. Like, I had one single man complain to me recently. And all right, so get this. He he is a musician uh, okay. in his early, late 20s, early 30s. Good looking guy. And he's like, oh, I'm having a hard time finding a date. And I'm like, I'm like, how? Oh. I'm like, how? How? It's a 10 to 1 ratio. And like, you're <laughs> normal. Like, I don't like you're not like trying to explain to me like the dialect of Klingon that you learned like no yeah. you're <laughs> you're normal don't understand like you're normal I'm like that's like a that's like a big sales pitch like, yeah hey like, I'm normal like, like <laughs> just put that on your profile Catholic love Mary love Jesus I'm normal her father Ken right yeah oh yeah well i'm sure every girl on this podcast is wondering what his name and um number is so let him know if he really wants to find someone i can hook him up (laughs) yeah 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 my my uh patreon uh number is uh i'm only releasing it to my patreon so um, true (laughs) oh my gosh Oh my gosh, this is my this is my side hustle. This is how I'm gonna build the new edition on the Fathers of Mercy now. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We can host a we can host a dating event at the Fathers of Mercy. All Listen, all, all of the vocation visitors that come here that, that are not quality guys for the Fathers of Mercy, we're gonna just put them out on the on the uh, single train there. So that's uh <laughs> That'd be good. The leftovers. Enough. And all the guys that don't get a date at this dating event are forced to do at least one retreat with the Father's Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. I like I'm confident we're getting extra days in purgatory at this point. Like I can just see the purgatory <laughs> counter just rack. It's like the national debt right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're gonna jump into all things Father Ken. He has a new book coming out. But first, before we jump into that, Megan, you want to tell us a little bit about something a a new thing that I didn't know the little Catholic had yeah well also a new thing that Avery's about to have is a tweed suit like a three-piece tweed suit I'm like waited four years for this I'm excited about this move um so Jordan Peterson (laughs) it is so Jordan Peterson and I'm like I'm not even mad about it 
Um, no, the little Catholic sells cufflinks for men and their suits for grooms. Like, I mean, yeah, you could totally like dress up a suit for your wedding day with these cufflinks. There's a St. Benedict one. There's a Holy Family Hearts one. She's just got a section on the website that says for the men and you can find it there. Um, at the little Catholic, she gives us a massive discount. You guys, one of the biggest coupons our sponsors has given us, which is 20% off heck two zero heck two zero for 20% off. Go check them out. All the links, everything little Catholic is in our show notes. Also, I would just like to say so many people don't know what to do for, um, like groomsmen gifts. And this would actually be such a great groomsmen gift instead of like the 80th, you know, like, um, flask you know with the oh. name on it like every you know they're always True. giving out flasks True. so uh this would be a great gift I know I got my dad custom cufflinks for my wedding and if Patrick Aww. wasn't in a uniform I would have gotten him yeah yeah I can't really do cufflinks. that for the military but I was yeah. gonna say another hey. thing that people always said what you want cufflinks father Ken <laughs> no, hey listen what do you give your favorite Latin mass priest who wears cufflinks True. Wait, I do Latin mass priests wear cufflinks? A lot of a lot of priests do actually. It's not just Latin mass, but it's 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 the ones who dress up. I mean, they they wear oh. their clerics in public and they wear a suit jacket with with their white cufflinks, uh, a white shirt under it, and they've got the, yeah. the collar bibette over top. So you'll see a lot of priests when they go out with a suit jacket, they'll have like a white shirt under it with cufflinks. Yeah. Or even Genius. black clerical shirts will have cufflinks in it so yeah um this is a good um, you see. guys my shirt right here let's see here if i do this right here like this i can yeah this, I can cufflinks. Put a mm-hmm. there you go yeah stop yeah. giving your priests rosaries okay yeah Maybe they need cufflinks okay <laughs> <laughs> well this well, dead like holy like sacramental cufflinks like the saint benedict medals that's, that's sporting sick. that's sporting some power it's kind of like being <laughs> iron man <laughs> okay now you guys have all kinds of options to run with the cufflinks so there we go heck two zero heck two zero get your cufflinks so (laughs) all right father he he he's a dyslexic author okay (laughs) so his book is really hard to read (laughs) so if he can write a book anyone can write a book way to set him up no this is starting off great she's not wrong she's not wrong this is exactly right yeah so he has a new book coming out and it's called spiritual warfare and divine mercy the weapon of our times and I mean spiritual warfare is such a hot topic right now but I want to kind of give you guys back up give you guys some background on father Ken and just starting with like this is just gonna you guys are gonna really get to know father Ken here so please please tell us this is the best story how you became a priest because it all started on a date oh my gosh yeah yeah this is the story of my life so I go for the girl and come home with God so this is (laughs) this is the ultimate punchline dead serious so so it all started so I was uh grew up sacramentalized as a kid uh fell away from faith in high school because we just went to church as a family we never prayed together uh there was none of those things that took place from that uh, embraced agnosticism when my parents marriage began to to fall apart my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. and just began to play mom against dad and gave up everything and thought money would make me happy and went off to college to get a business degree 
my senior year of college, I was recruited out of school to go to work for a technology company uh, doing advanced research and development on these little devices. I'm sure you've heard of them before. They're called MP3 players. They do yeah. digital music. They're, they're kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so, our, you know, we didn't invent that technology. We were one company of many making stuff for that. But our big claim to fame was that we had the very first working prototype of what is today the iTunes store. And wow. so I say that not to brag about myself, but about the engineers that I was working with. I was doing the the consumer-based behavioral research, and they were doing the technology. So brilliant group of guys. Um, about a year or so into working there, my boss uh, invited me to do a startup company with them. And uh, in this process, we grow, we're working our day jobs and working nights and weekends together and on this new company, and about six to seven months into this, uh, a venture capital firm liked the idea so much, they invested four and a half million dollars into our project. And so wow. I think that I've just arrived, right? Yeah. I'm thinking because they're expecting a 10x return, I'm expecting, you know, you know, all of the great things that you dream about in the American dream. And right after some somewhere in that process, my boss came up to me and effectively said to me, this is about three or four conversations summarized into just one or two sentences. But effectively, Mike said, Ken, professionally, I have no problem with you, but personally, I do. Uh, when we're with clients or investors and you see a Christian symbol, you make a Christian reference. But you've told me you don't believe in God, you don't pray, you don't go to church. And Ken, some of the stories you tell are unbecoming, let alone a Christian. So okay. it was a huge, huge uh, blow to the ego and it brought me right back down the planet earth um and that was my first conversion my first conversion was to authenticity and integrity to let my mm -hmm. yes be yes and no be no but mike didn't stop there he went one step further invited me to come to mass with he and his family he's a devout catholic mm. and uh i saw the smartest person i know kneeling before jesus in the eucharist and that began to force me to question because I have a ton of respect for this guy. And if he's taken right. seriously, it's worth looking. And so as I begin to ask and, and open my mind to these things, God begins to flood my life. And so I begin to have conversions from uh, agnostic to spirit. I was spiritual for a while. I studied all of the isms and uh, I went from spiritual to studying Christianity and then had to ask the question, which flavor of Christianity is true? And as I'm leaning towards Catholicism, we have uh, 2002, the market crashes and we sell our company off for a million to five. So uh, it was a fire sale, but I had enough cash because I didn't spend my money. I just worked all the time. Um, I had enough cash to live for about a year without working. And I realized that uh, the business life was so unfulfilling and I was sitting there and I thought I was talking to myself. I didn't realize it was God asking me these questions. And so the question was, uh, what do you want the most out of life? And I said, well, I want to be happy. And I think that looks like marriage. I want to be a husband and a father more than anything else. Mm. And then the next question came, if you meet the woman of your dreams tomorrow, will you be ready to marry her? And Ooh. as I reflected on that, I thought, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I am, I, you know, I don't have a job right now and, and money goes away, evaporates pretty quick. So I need to be in a career field, but I'm a man who says prayers, but I'm not a man of prayer. And I always thought to myself that if I had a wife or children, I would want to pray with them every single night mm -hmm. and do all of these things. But I wasn't doing those things myself. So 
God imposed on my heart that if I become the man of God today, that I want to be tomorrow, I will attract the woman of my dreams. And so I'm just focused on getting coached up. I'm calling my friends. I'm like, Bob, Jim, like, what makes you guys such great husbands? Like, write this down. I'm like taking notes. And then I call their (laughs) wives and I'm like, Sue, Jane, like, what makes these guys such great husbands? They're like, they're not that great, but let me tell you what they are doing right. (laughs) And uh, so, so friends of mine, eight weeks into this, introduced me to this wonderful girl, Melissa Perez. And Melissa and I start this courtship where we're just getting to know each other, really developing a strong friendship. And in the midst of this, like, I'm thinking this is about to go microwave fast. Like, I'm I'm feeling the vibe here. I (laughs) like her a lot. Um, And so she calls me. She goes, hey, there's a priest coming to my church tonight. You want to come hang out? And I'm like, probably not. I've never met a priest that seemed to enjoy what they did or... um, (laughs) Just never had any good experiences with priests, a lot of negative experiences, as a matter of fact. And I said, you know, time with you, time with God, what could go wrong? So in the midst of this priest speaking, and this man is on fire with the Holy Spirit, I was like locked into every word he was saying. And in the midst of the, his talk, I think to myself, if this man says I'm signing people up in the back to become priest, I'll go. I don't know what I'll tell Melissa or my family, but I'll do it. Within 20 seconds of thinking that, Melissa leans over, elbows me in the side, and whispers to me in the middle of the talk, hey, are you sure you're not supposed to be a priest? Oh, my gosh. So I freeze. I turn into a statue, and, I'm, and I, I lock onto the tabernacle, and I said, Lord, if this priest references the priesthood, I will literally stand up and sign up, whatever it takes, I will do it. But that, <laughs> All you that have to do count. is sign up, sign on the dotted line, because yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, like, that's like my impression was, it's like any job interview, you just go sign up and they hire you. I mean, like, yeah. you're in a deficit, they'll take me. They're <laughs> <laughs> in a deficit, they need me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had no idea how this worked. I thought it was just like this application process. They signed you up, ran you through seminary, and slapped a collar on you. So... I had no clue. I was discerning the priesthood before I was convinced of Catholicism, but I'll finish that story later. So, so she elbows me and I'm looking at the tabernacle. I said, listen, if he says something, I will go, but that her talking, that did not count. And so the talk finished. No way. Didn't count. And uh, so the talk finishes, the priest doesn't say anything. And I leave church that night in that was November of 2002. And I literally was so freaked out. I did not pray again until Christmas time. And I moved to Houston. So this all happened in Austin, Texas. I moved to Houston, Texas, 330 miles away in February. And the thought about being a priest bothered me every single day. And I told someone about it. And he says, listen, which is better for your life, your plan or God's? And I'm like, well, probably God's. And he says, okay. He's like, why don't you meet with someone and just talk about the idea of being a priest. So learn about the priesthood. I said, I guess I can do that. So it gives me a guy, he's supposed to be a young guy across town. I go knock on the door and out walks this old Irish guy. And I'm just like, you know, all my stereotypes, right? There. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I said, are you so-and-so? He goes, no. So he yells in the back for the other priest. And he, he looks at me and he goes, dude, he goes, it's none of my business, but you look a little weirded out. And I said, Father, I said, I'll be honest, you're the second priest I've ever spoken to. I don't know how to talk to you people. And then here I am thinking that I'm called to be a husband and then I'm on a date and I'm thinking this. And as I'm telling him this story, out walks the same priest that was in Austin four months earlier. 
Wow. Wild. Boom. And I literally, my head exploded. I shook his hand and I said, my name is Ken Jurisi. I think I'm supposed to be a priest. When can I move in? Uh, <laughs> you're like, serious, oh. like literally. You're like, also, I don't have a job and I do need a place to live. So <laughs> <laughs> can I join the yes. club, please? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm running out of some money, but I got about two weeks left. So uh, I'm <laughs> now in two weeks. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's such a good story. And you still are friends with Melissa. Yeah, well, actually, I sad note, she died uh, in December. Oh, my gosh. Wait, Aww. I do remember that. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> don't Whoa. be. Don't be. She died a glorious death. She died a heroic, amazing death. And I think that was a beautiful part of our friendship is because there were no boundary violations. It allowed us to mm. have this deep, deep friendship i mean she was very much as much of a sister to me as she was a, a spiritual daughter and right. uh i was able to do her funeral and wow. uh be with the family and she's just just i mean and i think she is a saint we literally i flew home from her funeral and that night a friend of mine was in the hospital and we went in there and i prayed over her didn't pray over him i didn't we just simply said i said i'm not going to bless you i'm not going to pray over you but we're going to pray a chapel to divine mercy and we're going to invoke Melissa's intercession. And he was, he was out of the hospital the next day and he still needs to get checked out to, to make sure that the, the disease he had uh, is gone, but we think it is, but he just needs a checkup here in the, in the next couple months. Wow. Oh my word. And then he became a priest too. It was wild. Nah, he's married. He's married. <laughs> Whatever. So speaking of divine mercy, so father is of the fathers of mercy and they're here in Kentucky. And so him writing a book about spiritual warfare and divine mercy, he's the perfect person to do that. But I feel like a lot of people don't even really understand what divine mercy is, or a lot of people haven't even heard of like what the divine mercy chaplet is or does, or never even prayed it. So can you give a little bit of like a macro view of what is divine mercy? Yeah. So it says that, that mercy, the church teaches that, that mercy is God's greatest attribute because that's how, how he has revealed himself to us. And this is what he said, but God is, is perfectly just as well as perfectly merciful. And so the question is, is how could mercy be greater than his justice? Wouldn't they be equal? Well, the easiest way to articulate this is that God is always willing to forgive us one more time mm. up into the last moment of your life. And if you chew on that, that, that gets pretty rich. Um, so God is always willing to forgive us up until the last moment of our life. And so, again, there's a finitude to that, our life. And so God's last act, instead of his last act to us being a judgment, it is his mercy that he's willing to forgive us. And so at the last moment of your, your life, you're finally sorry for all of your sins. And then you stand before him for your final judgment. He will remember the last act with sorrow and his mm -hmm. mercy trumps justice. Now, you, purgatory is going to be a booger bear but um it's uh <laughs> because the thing is so, is that you're judged justly after you die yes, yes exactly exactly and and it is yes so the whole thing the worst thing that can happen to someone is, is going to hell and the way that we live our life the capacity which which we love charity 
love of God and love of neighbor because of our love of God grows our interior space. And that's what kind of determines our size or place in heaven. And so if you loved a little here on earth, you'll be this little speck floating around heaven, but you're still there. But the blessed mother who loved perfectly, she's this giant in heaven. And so you've got everything between that speck and the blessed mother up there. So so God's mercy is his greatest attribute. And so now you fast forward to this notion of divine mercy, God's divine mercy as revealed through St. Faustina. You know, in 1932, our Lord appears to this Polish nun, and he gives her this series of messages. And he's saying that his heart is grieved because of the sins of mankind, and that he's basically had enough. And mm -hmm. it's, this is said very early in the diary, that she is to prepare the world for Jesus's second coming. And that before the day of justice will be the hour of mercy. And she is to be the secretary of his mercy. And so God is giving us these extraordinary graces by which we are to engage in the battle against the, the dark world, to engage in the battle against sin, to help lead others to conversion. And through this message, he gives these, these tools by which we can love him and engage uh, his love for us, by which then pours out on others as well. It's incredible. And it's something that, again, I feel like the whole idea of mercy can be so overlooked. And then adding in the chaplet that St. Faustina gave us, can you kind of tie that in and, and what the chaplet does for us as far as, I mean, in general, and then going into how it really is an extension of the liturgy, liturgy of the Eucharist? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the chaplet of divine mercy, we pray it on a standard rosary and the, you start with the, our father, hail Mary, then the creed. And then you say on the large beads, one prayer, and then the small beads, 10 times another prayer. And so the main prayer that you say on the large bead is eternal father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And then 10, or then we respond in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And then 10 times we pray for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And so we repeat that five times. And so the a lot of people pray this, and a, and a lot of your viewers, I think, probably pray the chaplet. I think you've got a really faithful crowd that, that follows. Uh, but if you've never prayed this before, and even if you're not Catholic, to be attentive to, to what this prayer is, um, when you focus and break this down, you're talking to God the Father. You're not talking to Jesus Christ. So if you imagine in your mind standing before God the Father or kneeling before God the Father, and you are offering him something, what is it that you're offering? The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, right? Where do we find the body, blood, soul, and divinity? That's the Eucharist, right? The Eucharist. Where do we find the Eucharist? The Eucharist is, is from the Mass. What is Mass? Mass is Calvary represented on the altar. So there's a mystical connection when we pray the chaplet of divine mercy to what we're doing and the liturgy of the Eucharist to the mass itself. And so once we say we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity, we say for the reason which, which we are offering it in the atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. But also when you look at Calvary, the Christ's sacrifice in Calvary, you're literally standing there at the foot of the cross. And as you stand there at the foot of the cross, you're uniting yourself with Jesus's perfect sacrifice. So it's not that we're doing anything. 
but rather we are uniting ourselves with Jesus's perfect sacrifice. And then if we're doing this in the context of the mass, you're uniting yourself to Jesus' perfect sacrifice through the hands of the priest. And so really when you want to look at the parallel in a deeper sense, the, the height of the mass, the apex of the mass, the whole reason we come to mass is not receiving Holy Communion. The whole reason we come to mass is that great doxology where the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus is lifted up and is offered to God the Father in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And that is called the great doxology, where the priest says, through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And then the people pray, amen. So, so when you pray the chaplet of divine mercy, five times you're entering into that mystical great doxology, where you're uniting yourself through the hands of the priest in Jesus's perfect offering. It's incredible. I didn't, I didn't even know that that until you told me that, I don't know, maybe it was six months ago. Now I had no idea. And the divine mercy chaplet is something Patrick and I pray way more than the rosary. We just enjoy it more than the rosary, but I didn't even know like the actual deeper purpose. And that's probably, that's only a sliver of the deeper purpose of the divine mercy. Yes. chaplet. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm very self-conscious. I, as, as we were joking earlier, I've got tons of learning disabilities and and when you write, you're writing into a black hole. When I preach, I can play off the people um, that I'm, I'm, what I'm preaching to. I can see mm -hmm. their expressions and adjust. But writing, you're just writing into nowhere, and you're hoping people receive it. Mm -hmm. And I'm very self-conscious about my own writings because I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not a writer. I'm not an academic. I, I'm, <laughs> I can, I literally, I can barely read. Um, but this message is so vitally important because. If you can, when you look at what Jesus said, every time there was a miracle or healing, it wasn't the words that you said made you well. It wasn't the formula you used. No, it was your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. And so if we can pray the chaplet with greater faith and attention, which will then transition into helping us pray the mass with greater intention, right? So this is, I mean, it's so the two being good at one is going to make you better at the other. So then with the, as far as like a devotion to the divine mercy chaplet, what does that even look like? I think it's just a commitment to pray it every day and recognizing that we are going to the father on behalf of humanity, but we're not going to the father just, you know, showing up on our own. We're going there in a very formal sense through the blood of his son. And if we're doing it in the blood of the son, we're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So through Jesus in the Holy Spirit to the father. And this really focuses on our family relationship. You know, a lot of people will tell me, father, I can't wait to go to mass to receive Jesus. And I'm great. I'm happy that people want to go receive Jesus, but that's not what mass is about. Mass is about offering that perfect worship to the Father. And so we should not be focused at all on what we receive, but rather focus on, on arriving at the sacrifice of Calvary, right? And it's our participation. Sacrosanctum Cachilium talks about uniting yourself. That's what true act of participation is. So if we unite ourselves through the hands of the priest in that perfect offering of Calvary to the Father, then we participate in the redemption of mankind. And so when we look at what the devotion to the, to the divine mercy looks like, one simple element is praying the divine mercy chaplet in a very disinterested way. 
I mean, imagine if you went to mass, not caring about receiving Jesus. Obviously, that's very important. But if you said, all I want to do is give my very best. I want to give my best. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. I want to give my best. Amen. I want to give my very best to God the Father. I'm going to dress the part. I'm going to act the part. If you give God the Father your very best, what is he going to give you in return? Right? His very best, which is his son, right? He feeds us with his son. So when you pray the chaplet of divine mercy, if you just see the Father, and it takes humility and vulnerability to find yourself standing before God the Father and imagine holding his son in your arms, right? That crucified Jesus and lifting him up to God the Father and saying, I'm offering you your son's sacrifice and atonement for my sins and those of the whole world. And how that pleases him and how he will reciprocate because you gave your very best uniting yourself with Jesus, to him, he's then going to pour out an ocean of mercy upon you, your family, the place you find yourself. It's a tremendous, underestimated prayer uh, that we can get so much more out of. Yeah, I mean, I've literally prayed it probably two times in my life, and now I'm like, what have I been doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a daily driver, right? This is one of these prayers that we should say every single day. And, and because the message to St. Faustina was so severe that he, yeah. Jesus told her that you're to prepare the world for the end times. And when we look at the mess that the world is in, only God's mercy can fix it. And so are you going to ask for mercy in your own way, which is fine, you can do that. Or should you ask for mercy in the way which, which Jesus instructed us to do it? Yeah, so yeah. I recommend both. Do both. Right. He he gave us a roadmap. So it's like, why right. am I trying to create why am I trying to create my own path through the woods? I can just go to the already <laughs> paved one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he makes promises in the in the diary. He says, for the soul that will pray the chaplet one time in their life, that soul will not be lost. And so we have to I mean, how can you say that? Again, the the theologian in me is tearing his garments, right? Because what about baptism? What about eating his flesh and drinking his blood? What about, you know, confession, right? What? So if Jesus said this, there has to be truth in this. And so can you, I, I don't think we can possibly imagine the amount of grace that flows from one single chaplet of divine mercy. Mm. I don't think mine can fathom it because that's our Lord's promise to be able to pray the chaplet one time. And that hooks you in and anchors you not to be lost. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's, there's, there's going to be caveats to that. You know, it's like my friend says, you know, you, you can't lose it, but you sure can throw it away. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, well, also the, the chaplet is the one thing I hear is like on the deathbed, pray the chaplet. Like I don't hear oh, like nothing against the knock and the rosary, but I don't hear on your deathbed, pray the rosary. I hear on the deathbed, True. pray your chaplet. Um, and another thing I was going to say when you're talking about the giving and receiving, I mean, in that way, like that relationship and that unity with Jesus is just like marriage. Like you don't go into marriage thinking, what am I going to get out of it? You go into marriage and you're like, what can I give to this person? And in return, he's going to give his best self to me. But only the only way that he can give his best self to me is me giving my best self to him. And so it's just like this divine dance in the same way that divine mercy works. Um, But you just grabbed a massive crucifix. Tell us. I know. I'm like, what is this? So imagine 
the flow of the blood and water that flows from the side of Christ. I mean, all of the graces, the infinite amount of graces that flows from Calvary flowing, as you're saying, the chaplet, this is flowing upon you, upon your children, upon your household, Mm -hmm. upon your apostolate, right? Upon the world. I mean, that's when we open up the chaplet of divine mercy, it's, it's an icon into all of these graces that make all of these things present that is going to help heal and save souls. And so, again, I don't think there's any greater form. I think it's important to have a good visual aid when we're playing it, but seeing yeah. ourselves before God the Father and letting that take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the litany of the blood of Christ is my favorite litany that exists. And mm. everyone, everyone should read that litany and then do the Divine Mercy Chaplet because you have even better of a visual of the the just the cleansing that comes from the blood of Christ and the litany does a great job describing that. So anyone, do you just Google litany of the blood of Christ? It's great. Um, okay. So then with divine mercy, like how does that come? How does that, I guess, compare to the rosary? They're both on the rosary beads, right? But what's kind of like, which one's better? Like really, which one? <laughs> well, I don't know which one's better. Which is better here, right? I can't, I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> no, he um, knows better than to do that. Walk you walk you into a trap here. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, no, it's, it's it's you know, again, if, if you were to ask me which one is more powerful, uh, I would make the bold statement that the Chaplet of Divine Mercy is more powerful because of the graces by which it represents it draws upon when we pray the rosary the rosary is a meditation on the 20 mysteries of the life of christ and so it's a meditation by which we go on this journey of faith in the life of christ and we chew upon it and we hope that it conforms us to christ right when the first time the angel appeared to mary and said hail full of grace the lord is with thee she conceived by the holy spirit she conceived christ in her in her womb but what we hope is when we pray the the rosary that hail mary is that we conceive christ in a new way in our own lives in our own hearts that it comes alive in a new way we get filled with the holy spirit so the rosary is a meditation but the chaplet is an action and i think for Mm. us men and i know you've got mostly women watching yours but ladies give this section to your husbands uh, or your (laughs) boyfriends or your guys in your life because the chaplet is an action and as a man we like doing stuff yeah, And to be able to find myself before God and say, hey, I got something to give you. Here, take this. Uh, what am I doing? I'm giving you the body, blood, body, blood, soul. I'm giving you Jesus. I'm giving your son back, right? You know, I'm making a joke about it. But, but if we can be action-minded as men, how much more are we going to get out of this by seeing that I have a job to do? And if every day I pray my chaplet daily for my wife and for my children, for my work, like, I know at the end of the day that I have saturated my life in the blood of Christ. So mm. the rosary is a meditation. The chaplet is an action. Um, you can compare it to the mass. The liturgy of the word is you're walking through the life of Christ, through the readings, right? Yeah. Prefigured in the Old Testament, given to us in the epistles, then the gospel proclamation, a homily. But then we transfer to the liturgy of the Eucharist, which is an action, right? The action of the offering of Calvary to the Father. And so the rosary represents the liturgy of the word, while the chaplet represents the liturgy of the Eucharist. Again, this is all an analogy, but uh, but those are the parallels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it also makes sense too. I'm like, 
the rose here's my thing like the rosary there's so much to focus on it's like you have the mystery then you have the fruit and then the next day it changes and there's five <laughs> more different ones and then the next day it changes again and it's like there's yeah. so much to think about versus the the divine mercy chaplet it's like yeah, one thing to think about, one thing to focus on, and one thing to do. You know, like there's not so for for someone that's ADHD, the rosary is my worst <laughs> nightmare. Like it really is. I like cannot focus. Um, you want you want a pro tip? You want a pro tip for it? Yeah, yeah. Here's here's my pro tip. So this is what I do because I, my mind's everywhere. So I focus on one word, and that word is now. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for me when now. That's right. So if, if I ask you to pray for me right now, what would you do? You would stop and pray for me right now. Right. And so as I'm praying the hail Mary, I'm sitting with the blessed, as I'm praying the rosary, I'm sitting with the blessed mother for 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm asking her for 15 to 20 minutes to pray for me now, mm. to pray for us, my intentions. And I just keep my eyes on her, just focus on her and focus on that word now. And then let her give me whatever meditation she wants to give me. That's smart. So but it's so still, good. Cece has a point though. When you've got like, I tried doing the rosary every day during Lent with like in front of the girls. That was part of the point was to like have them see me doing that, which maybe that was the fruit because the fruit did not come to me through any sort of focus or anything. It was so scattered. And I'm like, the chaplet sounds more up my alley. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to pick no, one. I'm a both but... and kind of guy. I'm yeah, a both and yeah. kind of guy. We want to do both. Well, I got to give the chaplet a try at least. Give it a fair, fair chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So all this being said, okay. So we have, you know, divine mercy. We have the divine mercy chaplet. So what is this in relation to spiritual warfare? I mean, a little, some people know a little bit what spiritual warfare is. So just like macro version what is spiritual warfare and then how does these even play together yeah so spiritual warfare is we recognize the world that we find ourselves in um <clears throat> we always think about christmas time as silent night holy night right the beautiful manger scene the angels the shepherds but if you go to revelation chapter 12 it describes a very different version of the birth of jesus um this is this was actually our most popular reel we like we had like over 120,000 views on that reel and it describes revelation chapter 12 as the woman about to give birth to the child who will rule the nations with an iron rod and the dragon positions himself to devour the child then a great war breaks out in heaven. Michael and his angels fight against Satan and his demons. One third of the angels fall. And then the, the dragon pursues the woman. And then Revelation chapter 12, 17, it says that the dragon was angry with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. And then it defines who her offspring are on those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony to Jesus. So those who bear testimony to Jesus Christ and keep the commandments of God are the children of the man who is to rule the nations with an iron rod. So we know that man is Jesus and we know the woman to be Mary. And so the devil has declared war on us. And when war is declared, you don't get to say, I'm not praying. I'm not playing war. I'm not going to play war. <laughs> no, take your tanks and go over there, Mr. Putin. Um <laughs> 
Sorry. When war is declared on you, you just see, <laughs> you see like, this is my best dad jokes. I got tons of dad jokes. Um, when war is declared on you, you have to fight back and defend yourself. And if you don't, you will be ruled by the enemy. Mm. And so one of the problems we have in our culture today is that we are so comfortable and so used to having the conveniences that we have. And if you've ever seen the movie Fireproof, mm -hmm. um, there's this famous scene where the, the grandmother is, she has Alzheimer's and dementia and the, the, the son is in there and says, you don't even know who I am. He was kind of back talking her. And she begins to prophesy. And she says, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase this. I'm going to get it really wrong, but paraphrase <laughs> it here. She basically says, she goes, you know, son, the devil will make your cell as comfortable as possible and fill it with riches and ornation and the door is wide open and you walk in and walk out of that prison cell all day and you're so comfortable that you don't even feel that it's a prison cell anymore. But then one day he slams the door and locks it. And so this is the reality that we're facing is that if we do not repent and better ourselves and believe and then encourage others to do so, yes, we read the last chapter. Yes, we know who wins, but what's the score? Is my family members who are outside the church, people that I love who don't believe in Jesus, are they going to make it to heaven? Or will they be in that prison cell locked in eternal damnation for eternity? It's that's such a good analogy of you already in the prison cell, but you only notice until the door shut on you. Yep. And that's this world that we live in is that Christ came to save us from this world. This world will never satisfy us. The things in this world are good, but mankind is very good. And the devil is the prince of this world, right? And God has came to save us to draw us out of this world into a heavenly home. So this is why the mystics of the church and the, the greatest set, uh, uh, ascetics of our church, you know, they, they forsook everything and, and walked away and lived in the desert because they knew that there was something greater waiting for them. And mm -hmm. 20, 30, 50 years of suffering was nothing compared with the glory that would to come. So with the rosary, because I always hear, you know, the rosary is the weapon for spiritual warfare. Like that's your tank, yeah. you know, like, but <laughs> are you saying like divine mercy? This is like a sniper. <laughs> is, this, is this chaplain? This, this is so military wife lingo of you. <laughs> so like, so, what are we like, speaking? <laughs> like, I'm going to go with like, this is the nuclear option. This is, okay. uh, this is everything. That's like listen, listen. way better than a sniper. Listen, I'm just saying that the, the rosary has been at every turn of world events for the last 500 years, right? Or, or longer than that. I think it was given yeah. to St. Uh, Dominic in the 1200s. So, so for the last literally 800 years, it's been at every major world event, every communist uprising, every Islamic invasion, the rosary has been there to win the day. But, the, and, and again, it's the, the rosary, Padre Pio said, the rosary is the weapon for our times, right? And he said that back then, right? Um, I am not challenging Padre Pio, but I am saying, based on our Lord's words to St. Faustina, that the chaplet of divine mercy is the weapon in addition to the rosary, not in replacement of it, but in addition to it, the weapon for our times, because it makes presence the graces of Calvary. Again, the rosary is Mother Mary sitting at the side of Jesus, interceding on our behalf, right? 
But when you pray the chaplet, Mother Mary is right here. You stand next to Mother Mary, united with her and him. So it's it's very much a two-for-one type situation where Mother Mary stood at the foot of the cross. She didn't lean against it. She didn't faint. She was a stinking warrior. She was so hyper-strong. She stood there, united with her son's death and res- death on the cross. And we get to stand there with her at Calvary. So that's why I would say that the chaplet uh, is more powerful in efficaciousness in terms of the graces obtained because they flow directly from Calvary versus Mother Mary's intercession. Again, it's, it's you know, we're, we're splitting hairs at a certain point in this conversation. It's semantics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so are yeah. there any stories that come to mind as far as the Divine, Divine Mercy Chaplet and spiritual warfare? Um, you, you know, there are, there are nothing that I am aware of from a world event perspective, um, other than St. Faustina's very words of her own in the diary. So I, I think we're early in world history right now where we don't have the miraculous reports of, of a war being stopped of this. But when you go to the Divine Mercy Diary, and I want to say it's like 784, uh, I'll have to look up the reference for you. But she sees the executioner of divine wrath this angel and she's describing this angel as bolts of lightning are shooting up into his hand and then going down and striking the world in a particular place and she began to implore that angel please stop i'll I'll do penance the world will do penance and this angel was just like implacable right he wouldn't even flinch at her please but then welling up in her soul were the words of the divine mercy chaplet and she began to pray interiorly Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, an atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And she goes on to say, she says, as I prayed this, the executioner of divine wrath was rendered helpless. He could not carry out the punishment which was rightly due for sin. And she said, never in my life have I prayed with such power. And so... What she is describing is not unique to her. Every time you and I pray that prayer, we are literally drawn into the presence of God. And this is the grace and the power with which this prayer has to render the executioner of divine wrath helpless. So if he can do that to that angel, what can it do to the diabolic forces bent on dominating us? I need to read about St. Faustina. (laughs) She's a boss. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm she gathering. Is. <laughs> she is. She's unbelievable. So so the Diary of Divine Mercy, I literally say the three most important books to read. The first one, obviously, the Sacred Scripture. The second one is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And the third one is uh, Spiritual Warfare. And, uh, no, wait, no. Which one? The third one is... Uh, <laughs> Self-plug. Do the it. third one. Self-plug. Okay. St. Faustina's Diary. Third but the one fourth is- the yeah, fourth, the okay, fourth. solid fourth, spiritual warfare and divine solid mercy by Father yep. Ken Geraci. That's G-E-R-A-C-I, okay? <laughs> Father Ken Geraci. Available. Available now? <laughs> Available tan books. <laughs> yes, tan books. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Yeah, you can get on tanbooks.com and find it there, or you can go to Amazon and actually get it there. It's on Kindle, it's hardcover, um, but just type in spiritual warfare and divine mercy and you'll see it. It's like red, blue, gold writing, looks super sick. Um, 
one of the fastest way to read the Divine Mercy Diary. So when you open up the diary, there's going to be the regular print and then bold print. And the bold print are Jesus's words to St. Faustina. Now, there's so much of the diary that, that you get okay. is, is St. Faustina's reflections and all that. But if you want through it, if you need just to kind of get acclimated, just read all of the bold print. And if you okay. just read all of the bold print sections and then maybe kind of make notes or put little post notes in there, the sections you want to go back to to dive deeper into, but you can literally read the entire diary in, in two to three weeks just by reading the bold print. Because it, it's, it's pretty thick. I have it over on the shelf, like right over there, right next to me. It's a yeah. thick, thick boy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's dense, and, but it's amazing. It's telling us to prepare for the end times. And, you know, as much as we don't want to think about that, as much as we need to live our lives today and sanctify our daily duties, like this is a reality. And the more we look at the culture world that we're in and all the things yeah. going on, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, the yeah. world ain't got no riz. Well, I just think about the amount of us that got so sidetracked and like focused, hyper-focused on everything when in 2020, when everything happened and how many of us didn't turn towards any of this and instead just became consumed by whatever was going on in the world. And we were like, it's the end times, whatever. But did, none of us, we didn't run to the chaplet. Like we didn't run to any of this. So this is very good to... Kind of put it at the forefront of my brain right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because hard times are hard times are always around the corner. Whether it's, oh, it's yeah. a personal hard time or a societal one, right? Um, you know, it's it's. But God is there to get us through it all. Even if it's a hard time, like throughout your day, like this is something to grab. I mean, this takes yeah. ten minutes, not even to pray the chaplet. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. I, oh for the rosary, it usually takes goodness. like fourteen. 14 minutes for me, the rosary, just under 10, seven to 10 for the chaplet. I'm just saying, clearly I'm biased, but, <laughs> but no, seriously, if you're having a hard day, like pick this up. It's not just having hard times going through a hard season. It's, it's having a hard day as well, because a lot of this, I mean, spiritual warfare doesn't have to be something where it's like happening to the world. This can be something that's happening to you mm -hmm. and you can combat it with the chaplet. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things I always encourage people to do when someone texts me and say, Hey, will you pray for this? I literally stop what I'm doing. If, if given the possibility and I literally pray one single decade, one eternal father, and then 10 times for the sake of a sorrowful passion, it takes 80 to 90 seconds to do it. And I literally draw, I, I take their intention before the very throne of God and I immerse it in the, in the blood of Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. so it's a very powerful way to intercede on behalf of someone else or pray for a situation that you see needs attention. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Instead of just stopping and doing a Hail Mary, you can just stop and do a decade of the chaplet. That's really good. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Steal it. When you look at the divine mercy image, you see the, the rays, the, the white and the pale ray and the red way. Well, one represents the water. The other one represents the blood. And from a Jewish perspective, water is for purification, cleaning, and blood, the life is in the blood. And so when you're praying the chaplet of divine mercy, that water flows through every nook and cranny of whatever it is that you're praying for, and it washes all of that clean and away. Then the blood comes through and gives it divine life. It gives it the life of Christ to help heal and make whole. And so this is a very powerful way to see that the flow of that grace 
wash into like a person who has cancer, that water mm -hmm. washes over that cancer, washes that disease away. Then the blood of Christ comes in and heals and restores what was uh, lost. Father, with that, do you have any last words, any last notes where you're like, this is the one thing I need to say? If I were to say one last thing, because most of your viewership are women, I just want to affirm your worthiness and how precious you are in the eyes of God and that you should never, ever feel uncomfortable standing before God the Father, just your heart to his, a daughter to the Father, and speaking to him from your heart. The chaplet is one way to do it, but just being vulnerable with the Father will help heal you and grow you and make you whole and fill you with love. I love that. Yeah, I love wow. that. Where can they find you? Can they find you? Yeah. <laughs> they can find me on the gram. Uh, I am on uh, Instachat. Uh, uh, I'll tag it. Instachat. Oh my gosh. I'll tag yeah. it, but you can find his face everywhere on the Fathers of Mercy Instagram. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes, but it's just at Fathers of Mercy, no spaces, nothing. Um, and so they're always putting out amazing reels, amazing content. You guys, follow them, share their stuff. You never know who's following you, who might just have a vocation to the fathers of mercy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we need good men. I mean, we're a community of, of very masculine men. We love the faith. We love the Eucharist. We love the blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, but we need good men who feel called to be confessors and preachers. If you guys don't know what the fathers of mercy, they're like the true form of like evangelists, I guess you could say, right? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair statement. I mean, I, I live out of a suitcase seven months of the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they do, you guys, I mean, some of you guys have probably had a father of mercy come to your parish and do like a week long, what do you guys call them? Parish mission. Missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're the guys in the black cassocks with the giant crucifix on their chest. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Look us up on YouTube too. You can watch our very long homilies, the uh, 20 minute homilies on YouTube. And we got a different guy up there just about every other week. So um, great preaching. They're all, they're all solid guys, solid awesome. catechetical teachings. Yeah. A plus and homiletics. They're also traditional. Okay. They're not <laughs> any of this woke stuff. They're great men, great, great order. So if you guys know anyone that's um thinking about a vocation definitely have them check out the fathers of mercy and with that i will link all of father ken's um he has two books out but this this book we're talking about again it's spiritual warfare and divine mercy the weapon of our times it will officially be out on september 12th but pre-orders are happening now so share it buy it great book for a gift for christmas as well but yeah, follow Father Ken on Instagram. But thank you so much for joining us. It's just I can't believe I haven't we haven't had you on before. Well, this is I guess waiting for the perfect time, and uh, I think this is a great <laughs> message that has that has cash value in the life of everyone because we all need God's mercy and uh, no better way of obtaining it. Thank awesome. you, thank you, Father. God bless y'all. Thanks for having me. Thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. We'd love to hear your What in the Dang Heck moments. So call our hotline at 312-775-2615. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rate and review, share with your best friend, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.